Good. So today we've been doing a series uh, of teaching on Sunday mornings about the Word of God and the Spirit of God, which are uh, the Spirit is the one who inspired the writing of the Word, and the Word tells us about the Holy Spirit. Excuse me, I'm just going to have a drink. Water, the picture of the Holy Spirit. Now, um, so this is it. The Holy Spirit, you know him, for he lives in you and um, will be in you. And so if you're a Christian, if you follow Jesus, the Holy Spirit is at work in your life in some way or other. But we can cooperate with that work or we can kind of frustrate it. Now, the greatest disease in the West today, Mother Teresa said, is not TB or leprosy. Those are not really conditions that afflict people in Western countries. She says it's being unwanted, unloved, and uncared for. She wrote, we can cure physical diseases with medicine, but the only cure for loneliness, despair, and hopelessness is love. There are many in the world who are dying for a piece of bread, but there are many more dying for a little love. The poverty in the West is a different kind of poverty. It's not only a poverty of loneliness, but also of spirituality. There is a hunger for love, as there is a hunger for God. The Holy Spirit, when he comes to us, he sheds abroad the love of God in our heart. And to know that experience is so important. Helen Bunclark who runs with a team, the parenting courses, uh, all across the area. She said, she was telling us recently, there were parents who were telling the other parents on the course, their own children had been calling them out and saying, get off the phone, put your phone down, right? Because we can be distracted from loving one another, actually, by the phone. Now, I'm a sucker for self-help books. I don't know whether you, you are. I, I got really painful knees for several months earlier this year, so I hunted on uh, a well-known book retailer for uh, you know what to do with your knees. I bought a book. I read a part of the book. I have did a little bit of the exercises they suggested, and I didn't really do many of them, and thankfully it's got better now anyway. Oh, I probably prayed, as we were encouraged. <laughs> but... Even reading the book, I didn't really do what the book said. But um, and when we were first married, I used to write, get, I was a sucker for books about, you know, how to make your marriage better and all the rest, which Elspeth rather poo-pooed. And, uh, for example, I read Men Are From Mars and Women Are From Venus, you know, that kind of thing. And every now and then I would kind of say to Elspeth, look, I'm doing this because I read it in the book. And uh, uh, she didn't take kindly to this. Um, <laughs> I got well and truly put in my place. It, um, it turns out that um, Elspeth um, isn't from uh, Venus. She's not even from this solar system or even this galaxy. She's from a galaxy far, far away. And um, anyway, uh, so, uh, I, I, and I actually realized that I'm not from Mars either. Now, why am I talking about this? Because of this loneliness thing, and we need to connect with the Holy Spirit. And you know, we could have three steps to connect with the Holy Spirit, and but there are useful things to say, but he's a person. And um, as God spoke to Kavitha, you know, are you looking for the healing or looking for me? And if we want to see God's hand move, we must seek his face. And 
that's really the Holy Spirit is very self-effacing but in seeking him we're seeking God himself so why am I discussing this because we're made to live in community firstly with God the Trinity and then with all of his children actually and, uh, and, and the Bible says that if we can't love his, this, the other, our brothers and sisters, we're not really in love with God. So it's quite a hard test there because it's actually fairly easy to love God and quite difficult to love uh, each other at times. So the, the Father wants us to be the children in his family. Jesus died to bring us to be the children. And it's the Holy Spirit who is this Holy Spirit of adoption who cries out with our spirits that we are the children of God. But that's something you have to detect. You have to become aware the Holy Spirit is doing that crying out. Because it's one thing to read it in the Bible that this is something the Holy Spirit does. And it's, it's another thing again to actually sense that God's doing that. So I want to read from John's Gospel from chapter 14 and verse 15. Where Jesus says this, If you love me, keep my commands. You know, sometimes we think that to be a son of God or a daughter of God means you don't have to keep his commands. Do you know that's not true? Sons and daughters are more obedient than slaves, and they're obedient from the heart. Right? So he says, if you love me, keep my commands. It's not a burdensome thing, because if you love him, you'll want to please him. It will be your, because when you love people, you want to delight them. That's, that's just how it is. So at the heart of Christianity is love. Yes, and then there are some commands. God is on a mission. He's wanting to rescue this world. He's wanting to put right all the evil and do away with all the injustice. He has something he wants us to engage in. Um, but it starts with love. It starts with loving him. And then he goes on, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate or, or helper, some of the Bible versions have it, to help you and be with you forever. Isn't that amazing? To be with you forever to have someone who be with us forever really is a, a what an antidote for loneliness eh? and who is this helper this advocate the spirit of truth he says that he will give you another advocate this is the greek in the greek i've read there's two words for another you can have another different and another the same and here jesus is saying another the same another advocate just like me because the Holy Spirit is God, just like Jesus is God. The world cannot accept him, it re we read. The world cannot accept the Holy Spirit. There is, not everyone has the Holy Spirit. Because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you, he's talking to his disciples. And I wonder, in which camp are you? Right? But you know him. For he lives with you and will be in you. And then the next slide, verse 18. I will not leave you as orphans. Because he's told them he's going to get crucified. He's going to be killed. And so they're, they're kind of thinking, oh, wait a minute, Jesus, we need you. You know, we'd love following you around, seeing all these miracles. But he says, no, I won't leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore. But you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. And it's the Holy Spirit who's involved in all of that as well.
So when we think, there's a lot of talk there about the Father, about Jesus the Son, a little bit about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's perhaps the most self-effacing of the three members of the Trinity as the Christian Bible reveals about our God. And, um, and it's perhaps the least easy to feel kind of very warm about. I don't know about you, because in the creation, God's arranged for there to be families so that there were fathers and sons and daughters so we can kind of relate a bit to God the Father and God the Son. We kind of have some kind of human analogy for that. But Holy Spirit, that's, that's all a bit kind of remote, invisible, isn't it, and strange. And uh, one of our daughters, when she was very young, called him the Holy Syrup. Right, and I have a slide for that, Colin. So um, I, I, this is the Trinity. That sorry, we're, oh, I, it must be later on. I must have got it in the wrong place. Don't worry about it. It's a picture, so it's not that one. And um, I, I understand. Here we go. The Trinity of maple syrup, because maple's my favourite syrup. I know. Anyway, I understand many Muslim countries, they think the Christian Trinity is the Father, the Son and Mary, but it's not, it's the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. So let's establish some important things. So back to Acts 5, 3 to 4. Um, Peter said, this is an episode in the early church where the Apostle Peter is dealing with a situation where a lot of people were giving money to, into the church so that it could be distributed for the poor. And there was this couple called Ananias and Sapphira and they sold a property and they pretended to have given the entire sum they received to the church, but actually they hadn't. They kept some of it back. And Peter said to them, look, it was fine to have kept it. You didn't have to give it all, but you've, you've pretended to give it all when you only gave some. Right? When you sold it, the money was yours. You didn't have to give it all, but you've pretended you gave it all when you only gave some. And so Peter, verse 3, says to Ananias, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you've lied to the Holy Spirit and have kept for yourself some of the money you received for the land? As I say, it wasn't a sin to keep some for himself. It was a sin to lie and pretend he'd given it all. Didn't it belong to you before it was sold? And after it sold, wasn't the money at your disposal? What made you think of doing such a thing? You've not lied just to human beings, but to God. So when you lie to the Holy Spirit, you are lying to God. Yeah. So the Holy Spirit is God. Or well, the next slide, we see here this comparison. The Father gives life, the Son gives life, the Spirit gives life. This is what God, part of the very nature of God is he is the source of life. The Holy Spirit is the giver of life. So as the, for as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, so also the Son gives life to whom he will. And then um, a, a chap, the next chapter, Jesus says, the Spirit gives life. Right? The Holy Spirit is a source of life for us and the words I have spoken to you Jesus says they're full of the spirit and of life there's a fullness with God which we are invited to enjoy not just to think that it's over there that somebody else can enjoy it but it is available for you the fullness of God is this is his invitation that you would enjoy the fullness of God and then in Psalm 139 the next slide the psalmist, Stephen, this is the Old Testament. The psalmist saying, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? And you may be familiar, these, in this Old Testament, the Hebrew poets, they would, one of their most common ways of doing poetry was to state the same thing twice in a little couplet. It's the same thought, but using different verbs or different nouns, but they're, they're equivalent, okay? So where it says, this is, this is Yahweh, 
um, that the, the uh, sorry the psalmist is speaking to Yahweh, Lord, the Lord. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? He's saying just as Yahweh is the God who literally is everywhere. There's nowhere in this universe you can go where Yahweh is not. Just in the same way, there's nowhere nowhere in this universe you can go where the spirit is not. Why? Because the spirit is like Yahweh. He is God, everywhere present. And so. Countless times in the New Testament we have these lists like Matthew 28, verse 19, where the Father, the Son, and the Spirit are all put on the same list. Friends, that's a very powerful thing. The Holy Spirit is God. You, 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 if, if it said, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing the, them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the angel Gabriel, We'd, it would be saying something completely different, right? And it would be something, or the Father, the Son, and, you know, Joe blogs. Right? It's, it doesn't, it says the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is God and he's equal with the Father and the Son. And what's more, sometimes when we read Holy Spirit, people often start saying it, but we should never say it about the Holy Spirit. He is a he, he's a person. And we know this because, again, the scripture tells us that he has the attributes of a self-aware person. For example, uh, there was an occasion where there was a dispute in the early church. And so, this is on the slide, uh, Acts 15. They had a consultation amongst the apostles and the elders and the whole church. They consulted about this dispute. It doesn't really matter what the dispute was about for this point. Because at the end, James stands up. And, um, and he says this, it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us, and he announces what their decision was. And they've prayed about it, and they've engaged with the Holy Spirit, and they said it seemed good to the Holy Spirit. Now, I don't know when, what, that kind of, what you think about that kind of language, but if you think the Holy Spirit is not a person, but is just some kind of power force, then that's not the kind of language you would use, because you wouldn't... You wouldn't say, there's electricity lighting these lights and doing the projector and the sound here. That electricity doesn't feel good or bad about anything, agreed? That's not what power does. A person can feel good about something. A person can say, yeah, that, that seems good. It's a moral evaluation. Only people can do that. And the Holy Spirit does that. And then we're told in Ephesians 4.30, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. And, and in the same way, you know, when you've, when you've finished your cooking, your roast dinner in your gas oven, and you turn the gas knob off, the gas doesn't go, oh, how sad. <laughs> I'm not able to burn anymore. <laughs> gas has no feelings, does it? it uh, but a person can be grieved, and the Holy Spirit can be grieved. Now, some of you might be thinking, yeah, I knew it would just come back to God trying to guilt us into feeling bad and stuff. That's what Christianity, religion's so poisonous and bad. No, 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 no. That's not Christianity, right? Satan wants to condemn us and imprison us with shame, but not the Holy Spirit, right? The Holy Spirit's not, not trying to bring us into a relationship with rules, but into a relationship with himself, even the very language of that, that says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. He's not saying, don't, don't you disobey the rules. Is it? That's not what Paul says. He doesn't say, don't disobey the rules. He says, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. It's in a relational appeal. He's saying, you're in a relationship with God now. And so, why would you want to do the things that, that make God sad? 
So uh, it's not a reference here to a commandment, but a relational reference. And so when you love someone, you don't want to make them sad. So how do we grieve the Holy Spirit? Well, actually, the verse before gives us a clue on this occasion for Paul. So verse 29, just the immediately preceding verses, this will do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. The Holy Spirit has a wonderful desire to see people built up in love with one another. And so... You know, last Friday, just a couple of days ago, we had a planning meeting for this Living Well event I was mentioning earlier. Yeah? And um, so there was a few of us there. Uh, It was John, Brian and Sybil, actually, who was there, and myself. And um, so so this is kind of for over 55s once a month, and we were kind of planning for this one in a a couple of days' time. And it's it's an opportunity for people to connect, as I was saying earlier. So why am I referring to this? Well... Brian made a suggestion about posters in the front of Revive, and he mentioned white. And sometimes you just don't know why you do these things. I got defensive, I reacted, I fussed over the colour white of these posters. And, and kind of was inwardly thinking Brian was being quite negative about the decor or something like that. And later on, the Holy Spirit helped me, because that's what Holy Spirit does. You see, and I felt his kind of grief about it. And, um, and I thought, you know, Brian knows about these kind of things. He ran a retail business for many, many years. And plus, he regularly serves here in Revive. So there's no question he's devoted to what we do here. And, um, and actually, it wasn't him being negative. It's me being negative. Yeah. And so, so then you think, oh, God, please forgive me and stuff. And... Um, realized I needed to phone Brian up, which I duly did, and he was very gracious to me. And, um, but I didn't need to feel ashamed. Do you understand? The Holy Spirit isn't trying to make us feel ashamed, because I get people phoning me in a similar way about things. Uh, we don't need, Brian didn't try and make me feel ashamed. But what was needed was to admit, you know, I'm just a bit bent there. I'm just not quite like the Holy Spirit there, and I'd like to be a bit more like the Holy Spirit, and like Jesus, and like Father. And so I could come and be put right. And that's, that's what Father wants us to do as we walk with the Holy Spirit. Because the next slide, Romans 14, the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, though happily we do do eating and drinking in the kingdom of God, but that's not the heart of it. It's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Peace, righteousness, joy. Righteousness, joy, holiness and happiness. We often think that there's a choice. You know, there's a lie told in our world that good people are boring. And that to have a really interesting film, you need to have characters who break the rules. Isn't that that how things go? And, um, you know, I've read the books, I haven't seen any of the TV series, Game of Thrones. But I know from reading the books of Game of Thrones that the characters that succeed are, are... they're scoundrels, they're evil, they're conniving, they're deceptive, they're cruel, right? Um, and that's not actually good literature, I would suggest to you, compared to something like Lord of the Rings, where the heroes of the stories are, are marked by loyalty, by love, by sacrifice for others, by commitment to the cause for the good of the, the land in which they live, right? And that's something so much more important and something the Holy Spirit loves. So, Goodness is actually something. Evil is simply the absence of goodness, right? 
And I think there's something important. I found this, I read that in C.S. Lewis, I found it very illuminating. But just moving on, what does the Holy Spirit do as he comes to help us then, if he's the helper? There are many ways in which the Spirit works in us and through us, but let's just think of a few. So there are gifts that he gives, right? Um, 1 Corinthians 12 is a slide for this, Colin. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord, Jesus. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God, our Father, at work. It's the Trinity again. But the particular emphasis of the gifts is with the Holy Spirit. So then it says, verse 7, Now to each one the manifestation is given for the common good. I don't know about you, but I find, as I sort of get up each day and think about the task ahead, I need help. Oh man, I need help. Don't you? Um, And I thank God that by faith I'm often inclined to pray for that help, to say, oh God, send your Holy Spirit on me. I need help. And then we see the kind of things that are described in the testimonies that are given so often here. And God our Father wants this to be our daily experience. And that doesn't mean everything is sorted out in our lives. Maybe tomorrow I'll get very ill and then I'll find I have cancer and I don't get healed of the cancer and I die in six months. It's a possibility, isn't it? But you know, God could still be good to me through all of that. I could, I could still see many blessings through all of that. And then I might be healed and that would also be God's goodness. But if I wasn't healed, it, God is still good. And I would still see his goodness and I would still hope to see his goodness and to celebrate his goodness. And I've seen people celebrate God's goodness through those paths. Because the Holy Spirit can help us to do that so that the songs that we sang, yes, there are dark nights at times, but God is good. And the Holy Spirit convinces us of that. And he brings his, that the manifestation of the Spirit is for the common good. It is for the upbuilding of one another and for our whole community, that we are a, a blessing in the town and across this world as a church. And so Paul speaks elsewhere. I've not got a slide for this, but you know, I, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God. We're, we're called to fan into flame the gift of God. We have been given uh, talents and gifts that God wants us to make use of for the common good. And when we hold them back and we're shy and we're self-doubting, we are limiting the goodness and blessing that God intends to bring into the community. And that grieves the Holy Spirit. So so don't sit on any of those gifts you have and bless all of you that are so active uh, engaging people with the gifts that you have. And then I think the Holy Spirit brings his goodness to us. He shapes our character. This is another thing. Galatians 5, to 23, very famous words if you're at all familiar with the Bible. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Oh, breathe them in. Just let him produce these things in us. You know, you can't, a, fruit, a tree doesn't go like this to get the apples to come out, does it? Or the cherries or whatever delicious things. And if we just hang around with the Holy Spirit, these things will tend to come into our lives and we'll tend to be people that show these qualities. And, and, and they'll grow in us more and more and they need to grow in us more and more because I know that when I'm tired these things don't often show so well because when I'm tired and stressed and someone bumps into me 
It might be what spills out might not be kindness and goodness. You, yes? But, but if I'm in a better place, then more goodness and kindness gets out of me. So I want to spend more time with God and be in that good place so that he transforms me more and more. And this is the journey we're on together and that we love to be on. And the Spirit gives life. Do you ever feel a bit dead? Do you feel, oh, I've lost connection with God? Well, we need to reconnect with him because he is the one who gives life, who gives us that connection. He is the contact person of the Trinity, we can say. So we want to connect. This is what I want to finish with, the connecting with the Holy Spirit. There's a guy who writes on leadership called John Maxwell. One of his books is called Everyone Communicates, Few Connect. Right? Everyone communicates, few connect. And I quoted earlier those parents' words on the parenting course, calling out their parents and saying, would you get off your phone? You're communicating when you're on your phone but you're not connecting there and then with your child, right? And so it's so good in families, many families would have a rule, when they're eating the meal, no phones at the table. Now, when our children were young, there was no such thing as mobile phones, but we did used to have a rule that we didn't answer the telephone, right? If people ringing, well, so what? It just was left ringing and we didn't have to answer. We're not a slave to our phones, are we? They can, you don't have to answer the phone. It's true. We do not have to answer. And we don't have to attend to Facebook or Twitter or whatever it is. It, it'll be fine without us, won't it? And, you know, it can be good actually to come off these things just to not participate in them because they can be a kind of addiction and a slavery which give, offers a, an appearance of connection but is not real connection at all. Now, um, so may God help us in that because... We, we need to be connected. My daughter Katie is a fantastic connector. You, 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 we, whenever we meet with her, you, she just starts opening up your life. You just find yourself thinking about, yes, okay, and sharing your heart and stuff, because she just asks you such good questions. And Pradeep does the same. He, just, he has a way of making observations about you, and you, you feel all opened up, and you can see. It's like someone can see you. The Holy Spirit does that, you see. He knows you inside out. And he wants to connect with you. And he wants to draw out, well, what are your dreams and visions? He wants to give you those dreams and visions and to draw them out of you. <clears throat> you know, Megan, you connect with the rough sleepers. You know, that, that family you were helping back in the early part of this year, um, you know, that happily now have got housed again. But they were six months living rough, two children, school-aged children, just kind of late primary school age, that kind of thing. Um, you saw and you loved those people. You connected with those people. You know, often I think we keep a bit distant from somebody who's begging in the street because we thought, if I, if I start connecting with them, I'll be drawn into all their needs and everything and I don't know what to do and I'm feeling helpless. But hey, we're the ones in connection with the Holy Spirit, with the needs of heaven. And... Uh, and so that's why we feed hungry people at food bank or we help those rough sleepers or out on the HOTS team you're connecting with people in Adelstone Station Road and, and it's just amazing when people sit there and actually such connection occurs so often as people share their heart or their need and we are connecting those things there was a guy who came into Revive a couple of weeks back and uh, 
And as so opportunely happens, you suddenly find one of us is here. Megan's often just turned up when someone, well, that day it was me. And uh, obviously quite needy, said he needed to get back to Guildford. He'd been beaten up, been in St. Peter's Hospital, come out, had lost all his money, didn't know how to get back to Guildford. And so I said, okay, so we, we fed him and or we offered him, I can't remember if he took any drink or anything, I think he took something. And um, I said, okay, I'll take you down to the station and get your ticket to get back to Guildford. And we're walking along and you're, trying, you're thinking, I want to connect. You know. So I said, did you ever pray? Because um, he'd come into revival, he didn't particularly know it was anything to do with Christianity. And he said, yes, I do. Um, but I've lost my way. I've lost my way. And, and, and so then... Um, I find out he'd been baptised at Guildford Baptist Church at Millmead, right? And uh, and he knew some people that I also knew. So we had, so th- so he's starting to connect. So then he didn't really want to get on the it was the train sort of thing. But I thought you know you need to go. But I said to him you need to get back. You live in Guildford. Get back with those guys. They're good people there. Go back there. You know because no matter how much you've lost your way, you can never lose your way out beyond where the Holy Spirit is. It's what we read from the psalm, right? You can never lose your way beyond where the Holy Spirit is. Thank God for that, eh? Thank God for that. So, um, or, or a question I like to use is, you know, what are you looking forward to? It's to ask a person, what are you looking forward to? It's quite non-threatening, but actually it just starts to open up a little bit more where that person is, what they're thinking about the future. Is their future a bit grey and empty? Or, or, and it's positive as well. It's inviting people to think, yeah, what am I looking forward to? It's inviting some faith out of people. These are good things to connect. You know, we can gather here on a Sunday and it's quite a crowd. So that's why we have small groups called connect groups. Hey, why is it called connect group? Because we want to connect with God. We want to connect with one another. It takes courage to do that, actually. It takes real courage to share your heart you mustn't it's not good to share your heart with everyone you meet there's something unwise about that but with a few people where you venture out and trust it's good to share because then we really have that sense of connection because mother teresa is correct we can so often feel unwanted unloved uncared for but in order to overcome that Actually, the answer is to start caring, to start loving someone else. And it's amazing how that starts to fill us up. We read in Scripture, Psalm 86, 6, is a slide for this, Colin. God sets the lonely in families. He leads out the prisoners with singing. But the rebellious live in a sun-scorched land. Do you know, there really is always a choice. It isn't automatic enjoying this. We can be in a place of rebellion against the Holy Spirit, against God's gospel. Or we can be enjoying his bounty as he sets us in families and leads out the prisoners with singing. Let him do that for you. I've quoted before from one of the Winnie the Pooh books. and um, Piglet says this, When you wake up in the morning, Pooh, What's the first thing you say to yourself? What's for breakfast, said Pooh. What do you say, Piglet? 
I say, I wonder what's going to happen exciting today, said Piglet. Pooh nodded thoughtfully. It's the same thing, he said. <laughs> I have some sympathy with that because I love breakfast. But when we walk with the Holy Spirit, that's the kind, we have a piglet mentality. I wonder what's going to happen exciting today. And then when we encounter trials and challenges in the day, we ask this question of the Lord. We say, Father, I wonder what you're going to do. We have hope that God can break in. So we say, Father, I wonder what you're going to do. And the Holy Spirit helps us to be those people of hope. So let's stand up together and if you know, you know that this is the life I'd like. I've probably described it in quite an ineffective way. It doesn't really matter. The Holy Spirit's here to win your heart, to inspire you, to recapture us, to rekindle in us. And you reach out to him right now to say, oh, I wonder what exciting is going to happen today. Or maybe you're, you're burdened with some great big difficulty and Father wants to enable you to start saying, hmm, I wonder what Father's going to do about this. I just wonder... What is Father going to do about this? And you're going to bring this burden. And you're going to give it to God. You're going to bring it to the foot of the cross. You're going to stop carrying it yourself. There may well be steps you should take, but it's not your responsibility. It is God's responsibility because he's the Lord.